Hello and welcome to Sam's World. Uh, it's been a wee while since I've done a recording. Um, and today um, is the 31st of October, which is Halloween or Halloween. And I thought I would do a wee recording today. Um, this morning I actually put uh, a post on Facebook on Sam's World um, about my visit to COP26 yesterday to one of the marches but unfortunately Facebook wouldn't let me post it and um, and it's just the post has completely disappeared so I thought well I'm going to do it this way and then we'll post the link onto the Facebook page and then it can be shared on from there. So yesterday the 30th of October I decided to take a wander into Glasgow. Um, originally I should have been attending a an event in Glasgow, a market event. Um, but unfortunately, due to all the restrictions and things, um, there was no way that I could get my car close enough to the venue to unload my stock and then load it back in at the end of the day. And this is one of the things um, when we're talking about climate change and things like that. When there's people like myself who are market traders and we travel about the country, unfortunately, we do need to use cars. And we do need to be able to get very close to the venue. Otherwise, we end up in a situation where we can ha do ourselves serious harm. And it's about health and safety. So I had to cancel the event yesterday. But um, I still managed to take a drive up to Glasgow and park on the outskirts of Glasgow and then walk into the city centre. So what i done was... was um, I was a bit cheeky. Um, I went and parked at Cowcaddens at Broadcasting Studio, um, Scotland Studio and um, went in and picked up a camera. And I thought, I'll go and take some footage while I'm doing this. Might as well kill two birds with one stone, as they say here in Scotland. So I um, managed to drive up the A82 through Great Western Road. Actually, it was considering the fact of all the restrictions that are elsewhere um in the region and um, that was actually quite easy um it was easier than what i expected um i'm going from loch lomond um i was expecting it to have taken quite a long time um normally takes around about 40 minutes and i was expecting to double that time but no it took the average of 40 to 45 minutes so I'm putting that down to as a lot of people are staying away and um, staying out the road. Um, the busiest bit was when I got to Botanic Gardens and on, heading up onto the slip road of the motorway um, at the end of Great Western Road because that was closed. So a lot of people were getting caught out there. So ended up at Cowcaddens, went to studio, parked up the car, made sure it was nice and safe and legally parked. And we picked up the camera and me and my wee fella decided to take a walk into the city centre. And we kind of walked by, walked by the Glasgow School of Art, which is obviously um, in the midst of refurbishment due to the fire a few years back. So, you know, you see all the, the scaffolding and things. And... Um, we got onto Sucky Hall Street and apart from flags saying UN climate crisis, UN 
COP26 Glasgow. There were you would never have known um there was something major going on in Glasgow at that particular point of Glasgow. So we kind of had a wander around and we walked down Sucky Hall Street and again never seen anything any different from any other Saturday um in Glasgow and, and we came to Tesco's and there was um a group of Greenpeace activists um so they were wanting us to sign a petition about the destruction of the Amazon Amazon rainforest and it is one of those things you scan your phone. Now, I don't know about you, but I have turned that off in my mobile phone because I don't use it. But obviously now with um, COVID and the pandemic, everywhere you go, they want you to scan. So um, I have a bit of an issue with that. So I end up doing things the old fashioned way, but never mind. So me and the B-filler done the petition and what it is. And um, we're all aware um of the destruction of the Amazon and deforestation and the fact that the Amazon is the is often described as the lungs of the world. So we wanted to know a bit more. So why in particular were they targeting Tesco's and why were they there? And basically what it is is a lot of the and some of the deforestation is down to farmers growing soya. And this is why um, parts of the Amazon have been chopped down. And it's from the demand from countries like ourselves. And it comes from, unfortunately, our farmers um, to basically feed their cattle. Because it's cheaper for them to bring the soya in and use as feed than using what would traditionally been used to feed the cattle. Um, it's so, um, and that's what's happening. So, in turn, when we're eating beef, sometimes what's happening is, is we are inadvertently um, possibly taking part in the destruction or encouraging the destruction of defo- um, destruction of the Amazon. So that got me thinking, and it got the wee fella thinking, because he was... Um, you know, very taken with this, spoke to them, had a wee blather, took a wee interview for them for Broadcasting Scotland's um, series of programmes this week on COP26, and we passed on, went on our merry way. Now, I am, I'm not a vegetarian, I am a meat eater, Um, and yes, I know all the arguments regarding eat meat, and this is one of them. And one of the things I've, I try to, I do is I don't really shop in supermarkets unless I really, really have to. Um, I always go to my local butcher. Um, I go to my local shops and support um, our local producers, um, which I am, um, you know, wanting to do. Um, so I've got a wee bit of kind of um, soul searching to do. So... Um, that's something, a discussion for another day. So anyway, headed down Sucky Hall Street, then we got to, um, basically, Buchanan Street. And that's when we noticed the difference. Wow. Again, all the UN flags um, everywhere, the blue and the green. Um, 
and there was a couple of shops with um, climate crisis posters and material on them, but not many, only a few. Um, but the biggest stuff, what we really noticed, which really took our breath away, um, was the amount of police, the police presence. Now, I understand because of world leaders and security and terrorism things, um, threats, they need to have this police presence. But by God, yeah, there was a police presence. I've never experienced that. I have never felt so overwhelmed and intimidated in my life. Um, I mean, as some of you know, I was an ex-military wife and would walk into military camps and things like that. I don't even find them intimidating. Um, I've walked into, I've been through the gates of Fast Lane on work and bases and I don't even find that intimidating. But what there was something intimidating about walking down Buchanan Street and seeing the amount of police wandering about. And they were in groups. They weren't, you know, walking about in twos or ones. It was groups of three, four, five, six people or officers. And it was actually quite intimidating. And um, so we kind of thing we'd ourselves got ourselves and even the wee fellow was a bit you could see his behavior change a wee bit um as he said i was like that's fine don't worry about it um and um they weren't the police weren't doing anything they were just mingling or just standing around talking amongst themselves they weren't actually physically or actually doing anything intimidating it was just the fact it was the shock of seeing that amount of police and we walked through Buchanan Street and, um, you know, your usual buskers, which takes your mind off it. Um, so we enjoyed the the different array of um, buskers that were in Buchanan Street, which was lovely. And we seen activists out with their gazebos, very ready to talk to everybody and have a blather and talk about their campaign. So we had a lovely, we ended up having a lovely time um, once we got over the kind of shock and the overwhelming feeling of just seeing that amount of police. Um, and I think it's just because it's fact is we're not used to that. We're not used to seeing that scale of police officers on our streets. So, yeah. So not that I'm complaining, but however, it was a bit overwhelming and a bit scary. Um, and one of the things I noticed is from the outskirts and from my neck of the woods down at Lo um, over at Loch Lomond, I keep going to say down at Loch Lomond, it's over at Loch Lomond, slightly north of Glasgow, there is, um, you keep seeing on the media and you keep seeing on social media and everywhere else about the talks about rubbish. And one thing about the city centre, normally when you go to the city centre with the businesses and things especially up the alleyways and the back streets and things you will see bags of rubbish and things like that you know on a day-to-day -day basis um i worked in glasgow city centre um for a while so i'm you know there's a certain amount of that you're kind of used to um as is many cities because i lived in edinburgh also and um you know so you're kind of used to seeing a certain amount of you know disposal outside of businesses and the back doors and things like that but there was nothing it was immaculate it was so clean and tidy and i was like wow 
so that was the other thing we noticed. So we get down to the bottom of Buchanan Street and we were on to Argyle Street. And again, a huge police presence. But this time, you see the vans as well on top of all the officers. So we were like, wow. And this is where we kind of of took a step back. Because along Argyle Street, there was all these homeless people sitting. um, Wrapped up in blankets and so forth. And we just stood there for a few moments and we just looked. You seen all the people walking by, going about their business, going shopping, carrying their designer shopping bags and things. Some of them, majority of them plastic. Um, Other people just wandering about the city, um, looking at the buildings, looking at what's round about and taking them. But one thing you notice, just standing there watching people. And the police standing in their groups talking and things. And it was as if the homeless were invisible. They didn't exist. They were just there. They were insignificant to everything else that was going on. Um, Whether it was to the individual walking by them or to the establishment or to what was going on with COP26. They were basically invisible. So, me and the wee fella stood, and we just kind of spoke about the police, COP26, and everybody going about and things. Just taking in, more like soaking in what we were seeing. And we turned, we just turned round and we seen this wee woman, about 60. Um, I'm going to say an average age of about 60. Um, who was wrapped in a foil blanket looked absolutely frozen to the bone, sitting on the street on concrete with a wee cup with a couple of paints in it. And don't know why, but I felt that I had to go and talk to her. So me and the wee fella to I wandered up and we said hello, how are you? Just general words and honestly the the smile we got, the the eyes lit up as if she'd seen an old friend she hadn't seen for a while. And it was, hi, Hen, how are you? You know, I'm doing grand, how are you? You know, and it was just absolutely lovely. So we ended up blathering away to her for a while and found out about her situation, which I'm not going to put on this because that's personal. That was a personal, private conversation. And um, we had a lovely conversation with her. And basically, you know, she was aware of COP26, but what did it mean to her? Bugger all. It meant bugger all to her. At the end of the day, these leaders, world leaders, who go on about humanitarian crisis, climate crisis, they keep going on about all these big fancy words, and um, they mean nothing to this wee woman. They mean absolutely not a thing. They are on a different planet from her world. Completely. They haven't got a clue about her world and what she's got to how she's got to live, how she's got to survive and and yet 
she's got to fight to survive that's survival and yeah she had hope in her eyes she had these sparkling eyes with hope which was absolutely beautiful and I think that's why I was drawn to her and wanted to blether with her um, if it wasn't for the fact that we were going to the march and I'd promised to be filler um, I could have sat there all day with her and she was just absolutely lovely wee woman lovely character and I made sure that she had somewhere to go that night and we gave her a wee bit of money um, to make sure that she was going to be okay and you know people that criticize people giving money to homeless go oh they only they might spend it on alcohol or drugs so bloody what once i hand that money over it's no longer mine i'm not the custodian of that cash it's up to them to do what they want with it and see what they see fit and i'm sorry but as somebody that's been homeless if you want to go and drown your sorrows and a bottle of alcohol so be it I'm not going to criticise you. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you've already hurt hard times and if it's a case of drowning sorrows, I'm not going to criticise. Um, at the end of the day, my concern is they'll get somewhere warm um, to sleep at night and they are getting food in their bellies. Um, what else they do is their own personal choice. So anyway... So we carried on and we got to the Argyll Arcade. Now, for those that don't know about the Argyll Arcade, it's like a swanky shopping mall in Glasgow full of jewellery shops. Um, It's one of those ones, I think I've been in it in my lifetime once or twice walked through it. And it's got the distinct smell of money, rich, ego, greed, um, gluttony, all these wonderful things that I really don't care a jot about. Um, so and there was the the pair, you know, security and the other pair, you know, standing there with the top hat and things, you know, whether that was the doorman or the chauffeur, I don't really know. And I actually get quite annoyed because a few hundred yards away, this wee woman sitting who doesn't who's had to, who's basically fighting to survive. And then along, a few hundred yards along the road, there's these people who haven't got a clue, who just have not got a bloody clue. So, yeah, that was a wee kind of, aye, hard. So then we kind of carried on, get down to, what, down towards Glasgow Green by the Clotha Bar and so forth. And yeah, we bumped seen many police, police vans, riot vans, you name it, we seen the whole shebang. And it was like, wow. Um, got to Glasgow Green and there was loads of police. And at first it was like, oh, oh my goodness. Crikey, there's more police than marchers. There's more police than people here. Um, but then once we were there, um, we were welcomed with open arms uh, with the other marchers. Now, this march was the Interfaith March. And what it was, was pilgrims had walked from London and Bristol and other areas to Glasgow. 
um, to voice their concerns of the climate and the climate crisis and to try and get the leaders to listen that this is serious. Um, we really needed something. Our planet is in dire straits. It's really in trouble. Um, so this was them. This was their, they were basically, we were going to walk with them from Glasgow Green to George Square in their final bit of their journey. And it was an interfaith thing. Um, so we were, yeah, we're going there. And also as well, I wanted the wee filler to experience at least one march with COP26 and climate. Um, and I decided with it being an interfaith one, it would be a good one for him to experience. So we went and we were welcomed. We were offered food, juice, um, you know, it was like just meeting up with an old family, you know, one of these old family do's. Um, everybody bled them to each other, and the majority of people had face masks on, and it was great. And even the police were smiling. Well, you could, I'm saying they were smiling, they had face masks on, but going by the kind of creases in their eyes, they were probably smiling. Um, so yeah, it was great. And there was people dressed up, especially Extinction Rebellion and things, with their wonderful costumes, with their theatrical um, protests that they're good at doing. My wee filler was like, wow, can I get a flag? Right, come on, we'll go and buy a flag. We'll go and see if somebody sells flags. Because a lot of these things that I go to, different protests and things, there is people selling flags. This, they weren't selling them. They were giving them away. Um, it was definitely an event that wasn't about raising funds and cash and things. There was, you know, they were giving the flags away, especially to the kids and things like that. So he got his wee Extinction Rebellion um, flag. So he was absolutely delighted. And, often, and I ended up with one as well, needless to say. But it was absolutely brilliant. And then there was this wee woman who was just, just seeing her dotting around the crowd um, with spring in her step no she never had a spring I would say she had a wee kind of dance in her step you know what I mean when someone kind of just floats around a crowd and they just seem to be dancing their way around and she had a wee Tupperware dish and she came to us and again eye sparkling just absolutely lovely lady I'm offering us chocolate brownies Christopher declined, quite rightly so, because he's always taught not to take things off a stranger. Me, on the other hand, <laughs> yeah, when it comes to cake, I'm sorry, I'm a sucker. So I took one. It was absolutely beautiful. And just, you know, just that kind gesture, you know, going round off from strangers, absolutely amazing. So if anybody knows this woman, tell her thank you. It was beautiful. Um, and it was lovely, just what the doctor ordered at that moment in time. So then the procession started and we kind of stopped to the back and we were getting footage for Broadcasting Scotland as well. And um, it was great. It was fantastic. And it was fantastic to be part of because there was people at the crowds, sides of us, um, cheering us on, clapping and things, and people waving and stuff like that. And the wee fella was a wee bit kind of weary, but he relaxed. And we walked around Glasgow, we had a giggle, um, 
the we were behind one of the it was um Shebum we were behind and they were no it wasn't I'm lying it was is it the reflections of resistance the other band so please feel free to um correct me if I've got that wrong and they were brilliant and so the wee fella somebody from there who gave him a set of um, earplugs because of the noise I didn't bother because my hearing's gobbed from many years of nightclubbing and working in ten-pin bowling alleys and all sorts and headphones in my younger years not knowing much so my hearing, my hearing's gobbed anyway so we just carried on a great time we fell complained about sore feet my feet were sore as well but I wasn't going to admit to it and we only met a couple of dafties um where they basically told us that we were lying about climate change and things like that which was quite funny and we got to George Square and um we went around had soaked in the atmosphere got photographs and then we thought time to go home we're absolutely done and knackered and we really need to go home and get food so we walked up the road back to Concadence and again same police starting around and everything and then that was it you know it was back to good old Glasgow you wouldn't have, once we got Sucky Hall Street you would never have known and we got to the studio dropped everything off jumped in the car and headed back down the road and that was our day and it was a great day so my advice to anybody trains are on as well if you're going to COP26 any of the protests and things go along take part stay safe um we had a great time um if you're wanting to go to Glasgow this week certainly go along um there's a lot of interesting people um because a lot of campaign groups and that are out in force um and there's so much going on that a lot of times we don't realize what's happening um and i'm just conscious at the moment i'm sitting recording this in my shed at the moment and i can hear helicopters going back and forth again this is another thing with cop 26 we've got people staying at cameron house and they have requisitioned the car park at Loman shores now i don't know if this mic is going to pick this up um but it's big helicopters and very very loud and very very low and this is what we have got to put up with we've been having to put up with consistently um for a while now so there's people staying down at Cameron house and you know there's been there's rumors it's from somebody from america or a party from america and they've had SUVs delivered and so forth and it's the hypocrisy and I'm not just saying about America Britain as well and other countries the hypocrisy behind this this is maybe a, a climate crisis this is about doing something now not 20 years down the line not 30 years down the line see all these targets that they keep putting out oh for 2030 our targets will be oh for 2040 our targets will be Bullshit. You have had 30 years. I can remember being a kid learning about this. I can remember studying this at college. You have had around 30 years. This is a 26th meeting. 
you've had more than plenty of time to get this sorted. Stop passing the buck on to the next generation, because that's what you're doing. Now, you've got good enough to find money to spend on wars. You've good enough to find money to spend on destruction. Now, if you really wanted to, I don't care what the excuses are. Oh, but finances, economy. Sorry, but you find money for these things. You can find money to sort this out. All that's behind this is half of you as government leaders have got shares in half of these big companies that are causing this catastrophe. You can nearly never get that right there. And you just need to stop it. The normal Joe public is doing as much as they can right now. But why should normal Joe public carry on doing what they're doing when we see our world leaders taking the absolute piss, flying around in helicopters, flying around in private jets, having car cavalades of 84 cars? That is ridiculous. There is no need for that whatsoever. It's like staff who need staff who need staff. There is no need. A lot of this could have been done online. There is no need. I'm sorry, but as far as I'm concerned, with COP26, it's a bit of hypocrisy. There should have been, yes, a meeting, get the world leaders, but there is no excuse for the amount of people that are being carried along with this. You know, no world leader needs 20, 30, 40 staff to go with them. A couple of advisors, that's it. Some security, that's it. There should have been a limit on how many people can travel in the entourage because it's absolutely out of control and absolutely ridiculous. Um, and as far as I'm concerned with the UK government, with the Cumbria minefield, the Campbell oil field, the HS2, and want to build build a bloody resort in the middle of the London resort, and all the other things that they're doing, I mean, 108 ancient woodlands have been destroyed in England alone, and they are hosting COP26, and they're trying to tell everybody else that they need to start taking this seriously. I don't think so. They need to start taking it seriously. Because at this moment in time, they are losing support of the public right across the world. People are suffering through climate change. It's a humanitarian crisis as well. And that's just not words. There is people who are being displaced due to the changing weather patterns. This is not funny. It's not a joke. And the amount of times I've heard people in my own back door saying, oh, we'll get warmer summers. Doesn't work like that. Seriously. Seriously. You'll get warmer summers, but you'll get more rain and more flooding. Come on, start. Start getting the right information out there. Um, and start allowing people and giving people the resources to do it. Get the solar powers back solar power program back up and running where if people were producing too much electricity they could put it back into the grid get all these things back up and running that's how we're going to solve this 
Scotland has got such a resource bank of renewable energy. We should be using that. There should be no fuel poverty in Scotland either because of it. But yet we pay some of the highest charges in the UK for fuel. And this is ridiculous. There's no need for that. So my hope for COP26 is that the governments will actually take responsibility, will actually do something. But my fear is it is going to be full of sound bites and empty promises, um, rubbing their egos, or massaging their egos, I should say, and full of bullshit. While they sit there um, flying around and driving around and eating expensive food while outside there is people sleeping on the streets um, in temporary accommodation, people struggling to get to work, people, because the thing is with the road closures it's making it more difficult for people to get to work um, and it's costing people more to get to work at the moment whether it's by bus, train or car. Um, because of all the closures and everything that's happening. And so, yeah, I think they need to get out there and take a good look at themselves and have a reality check instead of sitting on their golden thrones telling us what we should be doing and what we're doing wrong. They need to take a good look in the mirror and actually see what they're doing wrong. And... I'm going to leave it there because I'm going to end up going into a major, 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 major um, rant and I don't want to do um, So anyway, so anybody that's going to any of the protests this week in Glasgow or surrounding areas or any of the events, there's lots of events, there's virgils, there's um, protests, there's talks. There's so many things going on in Glasgow and the surrounding areas and Edinburgh as well. Take part, go along. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people like myself are going to be working quite a lot of the time, so we're not going to get to enjoy it. But if you've got a day off and you've got a chance, go and enjoy it. Um, and also as well, if you're in Glasgow, um, have a play there with people. And that includes homeless people as well. They're not invisible. They are there. You know. We might be a friendly city. Um, have a blather, have a wee chit chat, um, you know, and just talk to each other. Um, it makes life so much better. Um, and with COVID, we've kind of lost a wee bit of that. Um, get back to talking to each other again and just being welcoming and enjoy COP26. And hopefully, at the end of this, we might actually have an answer. Um, to resolve the problems. So I'm hoping to be back on here soon and say, well, the governments are going to do it. So on that note, I'm going to sign off and hopefully get this posted onto Facebook. <laughs> right, take care and look after yourselves. Bye-bye.